Hey guys, this is Brutal Bob Evans from Hangs with Bob Seminars and TheWrestleLife.com, and you are listening to Wrestling with Entertainment, one of my favorite podcasts in the whole wide world. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. It's Wrestling with Entertainment, bringing you the latest exclusive breaking news, previewing and reviewing the latest social WWE, AEW, New Japan, and everything in between every Saturday. And interviewing all your favorite wrestlers every Wednesday on YouTube and Trustbox, sponsored by Rogue Energy. Use promo code Wrestling with E for 10% off your next purchase. I am, of course, your host, that guy, James J, alongside the leader of Squash Squad, Caligula. How do you follow Will Smith in the snow? You follow the Fresh Prince. And the American Scooter Dust. <laughs> Damn, nothing, nothing. We're trying to fi- find all his little bits from his spontaneous combustion, trying to put them back together. Maybe he'll be back next week. We don't know. Uh, but who is here? The Canadian sensation from the Great For Yardy podcast, Drew. Coleco's here all week. Try the veal, and thanks for having me back. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great day for wrestling. Uh, as last week on the show, we interviewed Brutal Bob Evans, a true legend in the business. And something tells me we didn't even scratch the surface in an hour and a half that we had him on. So looking forward to uh, maybe a part two in the near future. But uh, somebody we do have on next week, uh, this upcoming August 4th, we have uh, Calvin Couture, the fastinista of the wrestling world. Um, somebody you and me interviewed, Calico, uh, Tyler Klein's tag team partner. So we get a lot of uh, interesting in, uh, in-depth stories from Calvin. Uh, cannot recommend it enough. Of course, and plus you got to get the other half. Now we just got to get them combined as a tag team. Then that's the that's the catch. Oh yeah. And uh, in the news, uh, I don't think I need to um, even say it. It's, it's heavily, heavily rumored that CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are AEW bound. Uh, nothing has been said from Punk or Daniels. Um, AEW has been quiet on the matter as well. Uh, Coleco, is there any reason for these rumors? Is it just a lot of build-up that is going to be nothing? What are your thoughts? Well, one, you got to follow moves, right? You just got to follow the moves that they make, right? So it's funny that the setup was going to be Hangman Page versus Kenny at at All Out in Chicago. However, Hangman Page loses that match, therefore can't get the title shot at All Out. The only way they would do that is if indeed Punk is coming back. Now, me, I I, kind of... Got to take off the CM Punk bias hat that I have on. I got this big-ass hat. 
of a, a CM Punk bias. Because to me, I would love to see him wrestle personally. Because as much as I rooted for him in the UFC, that wasn't it, homie. No. But <laughs> see, I love him, but I loved him enough to know the truth. Uh, so him being back in in AEW, him and Daniel Bryan, they're going to be interesting. Because those two might be the biggest mainstream stars that they have. And the question is going to be what's going to happen after... I mean, to me, they're, they're more mainstream than... They'll be the two biggest mainstream additions that they have had ever yep. as far as like as far as like wrestling cult but the question is what's going to happen after that because creative control only has so much and and those words were the same words that do WCW so my thing is is um to see where it goes after the fact because we all know it's going to be the nostalgia and the punks here but the question is, what's going to happen after that? Because they're going to have light schedules. It's not like they're going to be there every week. Hell, at least like when Jer- I give Jericho this much. When he's in it, he's in it. Right. And Daniel Bryan is the guy who's more family-oriented than Punk, considering that Dan- Bryan got kids. So we'll see how this works, if if it happens. Believe it when I see it. What's but if I see it, I'm having to fucking them. <laughs> Drew, we can't hear you. Um, what I go? It's I. I agree with everything Coleco is saying, but my biggest fear is that you're gonna have buyer's remorse when it comes to CM Punk more than Daniel Bryan, because Daniel Bryan has stated that he wants to do some new Japan dates and stuff like that. So he won't be on AEW maybe that much and his schedule will be reduced, but I think it's big buyer's remorse. I think with CM Punk with the experiment with the UFC has like kind of killed his um, momentum. If this was, him leaving WWE and he hasn't wrestled in X amount of years and never did the UFC stuff, I think it would be a great addition. But that's my fear if coming into this with, with CM Punk, especially it's buyer's remorse. Yeah, he has a great name and all that kind of stuff. And he'll get a pop in Chicago. But after that, who does he feud with? Is he going to be a top guy in AEW? Because you you got a lot of homegrown guys in AEW that they've built from from the bottom with like Hangman Page and Darby Allin and the list goes on and on and on. But bringing in a CM Punk at the AG is hasn't wrestled in a while back on national television after his failed stint in the UFC. Big time buyer's remorse is going to happen for them. But I'll have to wait and see. And I like that he hit something right there. I, I like that he hit something with Punk because it, he's older. He's hella older. And the fact with the, the homegrown stars, I feel bad for Hangman Page because I feel like this motherfucker is like right here and then they'd be like, oh, no. 
that's the guy I feel bad for. And and would frustration kick in for a guy like that who's expecting to get his, considering that the company was initially built to kind of build people like him and to see how it goes the opposite of what he thought. Now, if, and it's still speculation, I mean, we could see CM Punk on WWE TV tomorrow. It's all speculation at this point. Um, if they do get a CM Punk, do you see ratings going up? Do you see them getting a buzz? And do you, if they do, do you see them actually maintaining that buzz? Is this essentially AEW's Hall and Nass equivalent to WCW? Is what I'm asking, Kalika. Not really, because as much as I like to say that wrestling is in a boom, it's in a boom in the sense that there's more options to watch it. I don't see it as a boom as in more people watching, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, that is the key, because to me, it's like what I said a couple weeks ago in the interview. It was like, AEW is just fighting for the hardcore fans, and and those are the people who they shouldn't be worried about. They need to be worried about, and they're hoping Daniel Bryan and CM Punk can do that. Uh, But the problem is, AEW is not doing anything to get clips on SportsCenter or ESPN. It, see what I'm saying? It's a long-term game. And that's where my fear is with AEW. I think they'll survive because the people who are invested are heavily invested. But as far as like main, getting a broader appeal, that is where it's going to be its downfall. What say you, Drew? No, they're not the equivalent of Hall and Nash. Like exactly what Coleco said, more there's more options. There have been more options and places to work for wrestlers and for us, the wrestling audience, to be able to watch it. But these guys are not going to turn ratings. We, we they've been hovering around that one million mark week after week, which is fine. And like I said on the last episode, they have been catering heavily to the hardcore fan base. CM Punk and Brian Danielson are part are those wrestlers that people remember that when WCW and ECW closed and then the TNAs and the Ring of Honors opened, they remember those guys. And they'll tune into it, but that's not going to pop your rating. That's not going to get you on SportsCenter. That's not going to get you on a CNN. That's not going to get you on mainstream. Yes, you'll maintain your numbers, you'll maintain your sponsorships. Just don't use pizza cutters anymore and piss off Domino's. But that's all nice and good. And here's the other thing. With the guys up north in WWE, they're a publicly traded company. AEW doesn't have to listen to shareholders. So if they choose to do whatever they want to do, the only thing they would be doing is, one, could be alienating potential sponsors – like with the spot with the pizza cutter. Right. Number two, number two, you could be alienating a group of fans that have stopped watching wrestling altogether, and you're not inviting them to say, hey, this is wrestling that you guys used to watch back in the day with some people that you may know 
why here's some new people. Same with the whole thing with Kaliko was saying with Adam Page. Like, it's the start-stops thing. It's either you're going to give him the belt and say he's the guy, or you leave it alone and let him do what he's been doing. It's just these guys with Punk and Daniel Bryanson are not going to be the guys that are going to push ratings to the top. Plus, you are leaving TNT in six or less than six months to go to TBS, where there's going to even be more less people watching your product. Right. True. So it, it it is what it is at the end of the day. They're going to be following uh, Tyler Perry, House of Pain. <laughs> now, you know, all that being said, who is the bigger name here, CM Punk or Daniel Bryan? Calico. Ooh. Push? <laughs> it's, a, it's a push. And, and the only reason I say so, yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely a push. Because Punk has the name from UFC. I mean, given. But Daniel Bryanson, during that time, he got his name up, but he's not the guy that really wants the limelight. So that's why I say it's a push. So you got one guy won the limelight and is kind of fading. And you got one guy who had it, but really don't want it. Push. Neither. To be honest with you, neither. CM Punk's name cachet has gone to in the toilet. And Daniel Bryan or Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, let me get his name right, not use his WWE name. He he wants to be just a professional wrestler. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't want the limelight. He doesn't want to be a sports entertainer or a WWE superstar anymore. I don't think so. I just think he wants to go out and have the best matches with maybe up-and-coming guys, maybe some unestablished guys in AW, in maybe in New Japan, and be that professional wrestler. So neither of them, to me, are guys that are going to be like, oh, let's turn over the dial and watch it. To be honest with you, you could bring in old old man Hulk Hogan, and he'll probably pop a rating more than these two. Interesting. So true. Hogan would pop a rating. Oh, yeah. Um. In other news, somebody that will definitely not pop rating, Matt Cardona won the GCW title um, from um, pizza cutter enthusiast Nick Gage. Um, and to say the crowd was not pleased would be an understatement. Um, Coleco, was this a, a plan that they thought would be a nice surprise? That backfired, or were they expecting somebody to murder Matt Cardona when they got him? Calico. No, Matt Cardona did what Matt Cardona was supposed to do. Because especially considering that he's the WWE guy. So him going into that territory and winning that belt literally will piss all those people off. Because like we said, those those... With the exception of like a AW, so we got the TV people, which are Impact, maybe ROH, WWE, and AEW, right? But those underbelly guys, the GCWs and the the uh, PWGs, and all all them motherfuckers are cult cult followings, right? So any motherfucker that comes in from a WWE standpoint 
and takes their title, they're going to be pissed. So that that reaction to me, totally not planned, especially because of the fact that they tried to get people were sending tweets out trying to get people uh, cage to kill Chelsea Green, who had nothing to do with the match. So that tells me, like, yo, <laughs> this ain't no backfire. It got GCW some buzz, though. And and as much as we give shit for, for Zack Ryder, Matt Cardone, but he, he did for a while. For a while, he became the story for, for a while. So for at least this week. So for a second. They did. They did their job. I think we're talking they about did. that. Yeah, so it it worked. It fucking worked. Uh, Drew, you said last week on the show nobody cares about Matt Cardona. Uh, <laughs> st- still on that fence? Oh, oh, wow. How seven days changes the <laughs> whole landscape of things. To be honest with you, it's smart booking on GCW's part. They took a guy that was a relatively nobody in the WWE and now put a, made him the ultimate villain. He even, I remember seeing somewhere where he was even saying he was going to change the name of the GCW belt and call it the GCW universal title or something, something to that effect. So it's like he, he as a heel character in that realm to go in there into that death match style and to look amazing doing it, got himself super over as the heel in the story where it's not like the crowd sat on their hands. They got so pissed off and so invested that they were throwing garbage in the crowd, that they tweeted that they about killing his fiance. Like, he did his job, and honestly, hopefully he can run with this 15 minutes of fame and maybe do some other things elsewhere, but I think in seven more days, we won't be talking about Matt Cardona. Uh, I probably agree with that. Somebody that um, had 15 minutes last week, uh, Keith Lee made his return only to be squashed by Bobby Lashley. Uh, is this not a good look for Keith Lee, you know, making his triumphant return, Kaliko? I mean, if I'm, I'm, I want to get into this Keith Lee thing because motherfuckers are saying Keith Lee is getting squashed. And I'm sitting here thinking, let me see. He comes back and loses to the WWE champion. And then the next week he loses to the NXT champion who beat him for the NXT championship. And I'm like, that makes sense. The, the, those losses make sense. It's not like if he got squashed in like three minutes, then I'd be concerned. But they, he looked strong, and and that's and that's the thing, man. We I, I get we take. I mean, it was like five minutes, not three minutes. Yeah, it was like a solid match, and it was meant to make Lashley look. Strong in the sense that a guy bigger than Goldberg, he was able to handle. So he's already looking at Goldberg, right? The the carrying cross thing is he lost by passing by tapping out. So he tapped out basically damn near passing out. And I'm looking like, why is everybody pissed? Like it's like y'all expecting him to come back and win money in a bank or something. And to me, it's like 
everybody's going to have that low before he did get to the high. And to me, he's just getting down there in the low, and he'll get himself back up there. Because keep in mind, prior to him disappearing for no reason, I, I thought he would have been the United States champion. Right. So it's not like he's EC3 or Eric Young in the back or anything like that. Like, shit. Give him time. What say you, Drew? Man, it feels like I'm going to be agreeing with Kaliko all night here, but yeah, sometimes you need to rack up those losses to build you back up. And it's not like you're losing to, and I'm going to date myself, to like Barry Horowitz or the (laughs) Brooklyn Brawler. You're losing to the WWE champion. You lost to the NXT champion, the guy that beat you for that said championship. So then now when you start to, when Keith Lee starts to rack up those wins, they seem more important. Like, oh, he's on a winning streak now. So now he has an opportunity to go against a Sheamus for that United States championship. You know what I mean? Like it's the losses are going to build that, that, that um, credibility of the character. You can't just expect people to come in and to squash through everybody because then, Keith Lee would be WWE champion on Monday night, like just like that. It's just because we as fans want, maybe want a little bit too much too soon when it comes to the character, and it should just be a wait and see where they go with him. If they start to drop him out more frequently, like three months he hasn't had a win on television, then you can understand. Then you can start saying, hey, what are they doing with him? But right now, just wait and see. And I and I preface that with NXT, the Sami Zayn story, literally the Sami Zayn story up to get to the NXT title. Loss after loss after loss after loss after loss after loss, and then he got momentum, 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 and won the belt. Bailey loss after loss after loss after loss after loss after loss after loss. Momentum, 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 got the belt. It feels like Bailey had like one less momentum than Sami Zayn. Yeah, Bailey was getting tossed around, homie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, you know, stop and goes, momentum, all that good stuff. Okay, Cross made his debut last week as well. Taking his first of a loss in WWE uh, to Jeff Hardy. And some people say, oh, well, it was, you know, they kind of jobbed him out. But I kind of feel like you've been saying... Um, talking about Keith Lee. I mean, it was to Jeff Hardy. It was by nefarious means. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Hardy got corona. Um, that storyline is getting put on hold. But what do you kind of think that they was leading carrying Cross and all of this, Kalika? It's weird to see how they're going to do with Karrion Cross because he's a weird individual in the sense that people were on him hard as far as us, the fans, and it took one promo from Adam Cole to rip him apart, right? (laughs) Like, I feel like that promo pretty much ripped him naked, right? And no one sees him the same. Um, blame Adam Cole. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag blame Adam Cole. Uh, but uh, it, it, he'll, to me, he's he's gonna get there. He'll because he's gonna be, he's a bigger guy. They're gonna they like the big guys. He's gonna get his get it as long as he wrecking havoc on NXT. The loss, like you said, Jeff Hardy unusually using the ropes to to pin him. Like think about like people people kind of get hung up on the losing instead of how they lost, right? But, like that shit matters, right? Like a face doing a heel move out of nowhere. So to me, it just eventually he's gonna go to in it up to the main roster. Is My bigger question is not really because the way that it, they're telling the story in NXT is is that he's just going and coming as he pleases. So that is where I want to see how he loses the belt in NXT, and who does he lose it to? Th- that to me will set the springboard of where he's going to be, how he's going to go if he goes to Raw or SmackDown. But they, all I know is Scarlett better be with him because uh, that entrance is kind of hollow. Without, <laughs> that entrance is hollow without the... Without the <laughs> Adam Cole said the best. It's hollow without them spoken mirrors and the girl. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, we'll get to that in one moment. But uh, Drew, do you want to uh, add to that? Quickly here... Um... Like I was saying before with Keith Lee, it's the losses are important. Like you guys said, we are harping too much on the L and not the psychology behind the L. How are we how are we building this character? It looked like that was gonna be Karrion Cross's first feud on the main roster against Jeff Hardy. It, Jeff Hardy's a veteran, can tell a great story in the ring, yada yada yada. He's a smaller guy, Karrion Cross can throw him around. But he needs Scarlet. It's like steak and potatoes. You don't have potatoes, then it's just steak. It's just there's nothing else there. He needs Scarlet. Scarlet needs to be on his arm doing that entrance. Because, yeah, it, it's all smoke and mirrors and all that kind of stuff. And it's not like he's a bad wrestler. But the loss, the way he lost was important to tell the story going further. Now... You guys are kind of acting like if there's no Scarlet, then the Killian Cross character is kind of not not as big as it could be. I kind of disagree with that because not having having Scarlet there is kind of like the Russo-Lana effect. People are going to be more caring about seeing Scarlet than seeing Cross. And that ultimately hurt Rusev. Um, same thing with Andrade and Selena uh, at the tail end of their run together. So I think it might be smart to have, you know, Cross on his own. He can he can cut a, a decent promo. He's a big bastard, so you're gonna look at him, uh, and not have you know people's attentions divided from, you know the. The badass guy and the beautiful woman, because nine, uh, nine times out of ten, people are going to look at Scarlet rather than Cross. Um, am I wrong here, or counterpoint me? 
you're right. However, you can go back to the past. Macho Man Randy Savage had Miss Elizabeth and Sensational Sherry as his valets or whatever it is, but it never took away from Macho Man Randy Savage. What we're saying is without Scarlet, that entrance is null and void. You're going to have to change the entrance completely and and create a new character instead of bringing this character that has been developed for the year that he's been down in NXT. That that's that's the reason why we're saying it. If you're gonna get rid of Scarlet and have Scarlet be a uh, a solo wrestler on any brand, that means Karrion Cross's entrance has to change dramatically because she puts the sizzle in the stake but it doesn't take away from what he is doing when he gets in between the ropes. Kalika, you want to add to that? So true. And if you looked at the stories for NXT, um, every feud that he had, the woman, Scarlett literally was the precursor letting them know he's coming, right? So it, it, it kind of gave a a Game of Thrones winner is coming by that that it, that it wouldn't have any other why, right? Like when he went after Champo, when he went after, or when Cole had the belt and there was a, a, a thing in the mirror and, and Scarlet was like, you know what I'm saying? Like that psychology. The simple fact that like he doesn't have to talk because he let his actions do the talk. I get what you mean. Well, it seems like he's uh, he's fighting Samoa Joe for the NXT Championship at um, TakeOver 36. Um, Are we going to see Samoa Joe um, three-time NXT Champion? It kind of seems like that's what route they're going. Kalika? He's the only person that can beat him, right? Because to me, when, when... When Cross won that fatal five-way, to me, they nullified every motherfucker that could have beat him. And and that, to me, was like, okay. And then when Gargano got the shot, I'm like, shit, I just saw you get tossed in a fatal five-way. What the fuck (laughs) I'm going to do? You know what I mean? Like, for real. But it was not a takeover, so, and we know Gargano does better when it's not a takeover, so deciding that. How dare you, sir? <laughs> anyway, it it that that nullified basically any top tier star that could have had him. So if there were a person to beat him, it could be Joe. Joe wins the belt. Regal could take the belt from Joe because Joe's not an official. Re- you know, it, it's things that could happen there. What? So so that's where I'm thinking it could go just to get the belt off cross so he could go on the raw because I feel like if cross beats Joe would it really be a feud because it just kind of confirms what he's been saying this whole time exactly now, if Cross beats Joe and keeps going to Raw and NXT and working that and just pissing off Regal, I could see that. But I felt like they should have been doing that before Joe got in the picture. 
Because that would have set up the precursor for Joe to do what he's doing now. A better reason, that is. Uh, you want to So, if you watch NXT this week, Joe came out and said Regal had to sign these papers to say he's no longer part of management, so he signed in his resignation to be part of management. He was medically cleared, and that he was able to wrestle across at TakeOver 36. Samoa Joe is the only credible person that can beat Karrion Cross, Because like you guys were saying, in that fatal five-way, it nullified anybody else that could beat Cross. The other way you could do it is that Cross does, does a ask a situation where he retires, he relinquishes the belt and goes to the main roster. That's the uh, another way you can do it. But I really think Joe should win the belt because Joe was having stare downs with guys like Pete Dunne. He was having stare downs with he could he could have a, he had a, the interaction with Adam Cole. He's had interactions with Johnny Gargano. So there is matches that they can make to rebuild those guys that were in the Fatal Five Way. And if Joe drops the belt to any of those guys, it's fine too. So it's a win-win-win situation. Alright, um, a little win-loss-win-what situation. Lance Archer defeated John Moxley for the IWGP US Championship, uh, ending his reign, uh, on AEW Dynamite, um, in a Texas death match. Uh, what is the thinking process here? Calico. Calico. Sorry, my my little bloody kid. Anywho's, what was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> what was the thinking process? Putting the belt on Lance Archer, taking it off Moxley. <sighs> Some shit that they should have did three years ago. <laughs> That's what the fuck it was. Like, dude, like, I felt Kenta should have had the belt. Like, Kenta was more popular with the briefcase than fucking Moxley was with the belt. No offense to Moxley, but what the fuck? And plus it sets up the showdown in L.A., which is Tanahashi versus Lance Archer. Um, so they are going to have some new, some OGs at, at the New Japan show in LA. But I mean, and plus it gives Archer credibility, I guess, in the sense of he's a champion and they're not really doing anything with him with AEW. Um, maybe they're trying to do some Voltron shit. But I feel like New Japan trying to do Voltron shit with everybody because they got goddamn Jay White and fucking Impact. They got Lance Archer winning the belt and 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 damn AEW. New Japan playing their cards right, yo. They are like interdependent like a motherfucker. <laughs> they like, oh yeah, you want Tanahashi? Go ahead. Oh, you want Jay White? Go ahead. Now, when I see Naito and Okada on that bitch, that's when I'll, I'll, 
I'll, I'll mark the hell out. But, I mean, Archer being champ, I mean, I guess it shows the fact that, hell, the belt can change because it felt like Moxley was fighting, oh, my God, Carl Anderson for the belt. Yuji Nagata. No, no offense against Nagata, but Nagata now. Like, those Nagata 20 years ago would have been a different story. But Absolutely. It, it just shows, like, to me, let me see. He's the first, what? Well, he's the second now. He's, no, third. third. Oh, yeah, Juice. Juice. Yeah, Juice, Mox, and, and Archer. So, yeah, it, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they do with that belt. I felt like since they created that belt for Omega, and then Omega jumped ship, they like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> Let's make the best of it. Get rid of the intercontinental title. Let's make this U.S. title the most important thing, especially when they're trying to build that L.A. dojo and get that shit jumping. So, I mean, it makes sense. But that shit should have been off three years ago. What say you, Jill? One word, or actually one word, two numbers, Corona, Corona, COVID-19. That's the reason why. COVID-19 caused this to not happen three years ago. Lance Archer does not look strong when it comes to AEW whatsoever. He's a big presence, but they don't put him, they don't book him in situations to make him look important like what they've done with Miro. Um, I agree with with the whole Kenta situation. Kenta should have been the guy to beat Moxley. But to be honest with you, this thing is like really much a hot potato title as it, as is. So I wouldn't be surprised if Tanahashi wins it and brings it back to Japan and goes on from there. But with the whole um, New Japan doing what they're doing, they are smart to be putting people everywhere in the wrestling business so that all of us eyes can be like, oh, there's Tanahashi. Oh, he's from New Japan. There's Jay White. I just watched Impact. Oh, I'm going to check out his stuff on New Japan World. I might try to get a New Japan World subscription. You know, that is smart marketing on their behalf to put themselves everywhere so that anybody and everybody can see them. It's not like Lance Archer is, you know, 100% an AEW guy. He was a New Japan alumni. So... He does have, you know, that credibility and a former IWGP US Championship champion uh, uh, in his past as well. So he does have that going for him. Uh, we talked. We just talked a little bit about it. Tanahashi is wrestling Archer for the championship at Resurgence and. Los Angeles on the 14th of August. Wouldn't it have been smarter to have Moxley on that? I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure Moxley's already on that show. Moxley defend the belt and maybe have Moxley drop the belt at that show? Maybe that's just my logic or whatever, but what are your thoughts, um, Kaliko? Well, Moxley's been holding that belt hot. Well, the only thing I disagree with Drew on the fact of COVID-19 being a factor for the belt was that New Japan strip Moxley of the belt continued to could progress without him, and then they brought Moxley back just to win the belt. So to me, they made a choice in that matter. But going to what you were saying, um, as far as 
I think the shock value of Moxie losing to Archer was was a big deal. Um, Archer needed it bad. Uh, Archer versus Ace seems more like a a, a, a better fit style wise because it's strength versus you know wisdom type of deal. Not nothing against Moxie, but Moxie's more of a brawler than he is an actual you know and. A wrestler. So that style, I think, would be better. And I wouldn't be surprised if Tanahashi wins it. Because every belt, he's in held every goddamn belt in the bitch. So give him that honor. Right? Yeah. Um, so it would, make, it would make sense for him to win it, hold it for a bit, and get one of the... Whoever is ranked in their fucking U.S. title picture to come beat them, but God knows who the hell it is. What's your YouTube? Man, it's it's like this. The reason why I said COVID-19 is because I just think New Japan is struggling, in a sense, to create some other stars besides... The, the guys that we know, like the Okadas and the Naitos and all that kind of stuff. John Moxley going over to the Los Angeles show and, and dropping the title to Tanahashi. Yeah, it would, it would be great, but that doesn't help anybody. And that's what I was I was saying before with this Forbidden Door situation. Is that is it helping the individual companies? Or is it helping the wrestling fans more or less? That's that's what it is. It's it's not helping the individual companies because yes, these guys and girls have places to work. But I always felt like I didn't grow up in the um, territory area. I I started watching wrestling when that era kind of died out, and we just had WWE, and then we had everybody else, so Jim Crockett and so on and so forth. And plus, living in the North, I'm closer to New York, so most of my wrestling watching was the WWF at the time. But I just think it it's not helping. This forbidden... It's not explained properly. It doesn't make any sense. I Like, like we knew in boxing, if you're ranked X in a division, you can go for a division championship in your weight class or whatsoever. With, with this, it's like it's just a, a free-for-all. Anybody can go anywhere, anytime, anyplace. They don't have an affiliation to anybody. There, it's like, like you were saying, Lance Archer is more known for his New Japan stuff than he is known for being in AEW. It, it, it's just... And plain to me that all these titles are up for grads within this universe of the Forbidden Door, then I could understand. But now where a guy can be like, I'm a New Japan guy, but I'm going to go to Impact. I'm a Impact guy, but I'm going to show up on AEW more than I do on Impact. It's it's just it's just total anarchy, and it needs to be sorted out and smoothed out so fans can understand it a little bit more. All right. So uh, true. Amen, brother. Amen. This uh just a bit of, you know, normal news. Um, Dusty Hill of ZZ Top uh, passed away earlier this week. Um, big wrestling fans were ZZ Top. 
Um, this really sucks, but not just for music fans, right, Kalika? Yeah, for the music fans, it'll suck, because, I mean, but then again, I mean, ZZ Top is in that in that echelon who I say, BB King, they, they're more blues than anything, but blues really doesn't get the credit it deserves by certain artists, right? Like right now, hip hop and rock are hip hop, pop and rock are basically it. But but to to make it as a crossover star in the blues arena, you had to be special. So, um, and they did some rock, but they were also like mainly blues. So to me, ZZ Top, the BB Kings, those guys, like they really got it out the mud, and he'll be missed. It it, it kind of sucks, but luckily we got. Lots of catalogs for if you're a ZZ Top fan, let's yeah. go through. Kevin, anything you want to add about ZZ Top? I just, it, it's a major loss for entertainment because ZZ Top as a band is it's one of those bands that transcend not only time and generations, but they. all of that stuff. So, yeah, it is a big loss for the entertainment industry. Also, it's a big loss as as wrestling fans because he um was one of uh was one of us. So, it felt like we had a celebrity ascended eras in his realm, but he also understood and had the love for the business like we all do that podcast or watch or et cetera, et cetera. Of course, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Bill Fender. Uh, that will cover the news for this week. Uh, and now, uh, a quick word from our sponsors. Rogue Energy, the only gaming drink company in the world with four unique product lines to suit your task at hand, whether it be juices, shakes, smoothies, and everything else in between. Their low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled canned energy drinks and sodas. Their extreme formula provides the most energy, focus, and sports performance possible. Their hydration line offers focus, ingredients without the added caffeine. Drink it anytime. You're thirsty. And their shake formula is so delicious. Who doesn't love a cookies and cream, zero-calorie energy milkshake first and foremost they've designed every rogue product line with performance and effectiveness in mind it is critical that you look at the nutrition panels of drinks when comparing options there are countless off brands out there that are presenting low quality poorly dosed formulas that amount to expensive caffeine water every formula they produce is designed with optimal levels of high quality ingredients additionally you won't find a powdered gaming drink brand that dissolves better no need to have chalky textures in your drink their taste profiles are unmatched, specifically designed for gamers, athletes, students, entrepreneurs, people with hectic schedules, individuals with low energy, podcasters who can't shut up, people who are health conscious, and so much more. Great as both a pre-workout and as a coffee energy drink replacement. Specifically designed every Rogue product line to be the best gaming drink on the planet. Rogue energy, more energy, more focus, more wins. 
Use promo code WRESTLINGE for 10% off your next purchase. And we are wrestling with New Japan Wrestling Grand Slam in Tokyo Dome. This is the first event that they've had uh, in Tokyo Dome that wasn't um, Wrestle Kingdom for... You know what? I can't even remember the last time. But this was originally scheduled to be uh, in the early, the late part of June. Uh, COVID kind of pushed that back. And now we're here. Um, so it was kind of just a miracle that this event actually happened. No, Coleco? Yeah, but I'm trying to think. Wrestle Kingdom was the last one, I would say. Like a big, they did this kind of last year when Naito took the belt back from Evil. No, that was a baseball so, field. Was it? It's, yeah, it was a baseball well, Grand, Grand Slam, it sounds like yeah, that. Yeah, it was a baseball stadium last, last summer they did. I, I forget the name of it, but... Um, also, the Tokyo Dome is a baseball stadium as well, but that is correct. It, it, it's they were doing an outdoor show last year when Naito took the belt from um, from Evil, but with this, it's like they went back to Wrestle Kingdom again in a sense. Yes. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let, let's get into it. Uh, KOP 2021 match, uh, New Japan Rambo with handcuffs, uh, meaning if you handcuff your opponent to any part of the ring or outside the ring, they're eliminated from the match. Uh, and you know, of course, uh, you know, join your opponent over. Uh, Chase Owens is your no, your new KOPW champion in 35 minutes and 36 seconds. Now that the KOP, who, which is closely associated to Yano for just about a year now, is now, is officially off him. Do you see Chase Owens doing anything with the title, Kalika? Fuck no. (laughs) Sorry to say it that way, but fuck no. Because the only person that made it worse of it was yeah, I know, because he beat Okada. And that was, that basically was the premise. Like, this motherfucker beat the best wrestler in the world. And it's like, yeah, nah, homie. But we'll see. I, I'll, I'll hold my judgment, even though I just was so quick to the trigger. But the king of pro wrestling is, they're starting off bad, bro. They might as well just kept the Intercontinental title at this point. What say you, Drew? The king of pro wrestling, that whatever trophy, title, hood ornament, is just a, another version of the 24-7 title for New Japan Pro Wrestling. It, Chase Owens ain't going to do jack shit with it. And to be honest with you, nobody gives a fuck. Uh, one person missing from the show was uh, Yoshihashi. He wasn't. He wasn't competing. Uh, what are your thoughts on Yoshihashi, Felipe? Fuck Yoshihashi. 
Thank you. Uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. El Fantasma and Taichi Ishimori beat Rocky Romero and Rizutsuki Taguchi uh, in 21 minutes and 56 seconds. Uh, CR2 by um, El Fantasma. Um, wait, guys, one, Kaliko. And we lost Kaliko. No, you didn't. I said Rocky Romero was lost in translation. I was talking. Damn. But, Remember but the right yourself. But the right team won. Of course, the right team won. El Fantasmo is really putting over that his boot is loaded. Um, and that played a big part in the match as well. Um... Your thoughts on the loaded boot gimmick that ELP is actually getting over and, you know, actually winning legitimate matches with a super kick, Drew? Yeah, you can always win a match with a decent looking super kick, but that move is so played out and tiresome, I to be honest with you. Um, I just feel like sometimes when I tune into New Japan, it's like, they're not giving me what they used to give me and it's not, and it's just, it's just like, I don't have to tune into every show and, and I don't blame the, the, the pandemic whatsoever. I think this was happening way before um, the pandemic. It's just, it's not the same new Japan as going back in, in, in the words of um, Georg from, um, a sound of music. It's not the new Japan that I know. And that brings us to our next match, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Robbie Eagles defeated El Desperado in 19 minutes and 56 seconds with a Ron Miller special. Uh, Robbie Eagles has become the new um, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, the 90th IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Uh, this is a bit of a shock, no, Kaliko? Yeah, because uh, who the hell is Robbie Eagles? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it, It's kind of like gender beat Randy Orton. Like, wait a minute, who the hell is this kid again? Why is he beating Del Desperado? But like I said, he's got to have some shock value. Uh, his his first reign with it, it's chaos too, though. So I feel like they kind of made up for Yano losing with the chaos guy winning because chaos, chaos, Lij and Bullock. Technically, those are like the top three factions, and everybody else is kind of like playing with themselves at this point. So playing in Suzuki gun to me kind of on a little downtick, but we'll we'll get into that. What say you, Drew? To me, this was my match of the night on this particular card. I it was great selling of the.
El Desperado. And I, if I was trying to tell somebody to check out New Japan, this would be one of the matches from this particular show. You still go? Nah, I'm good. Okay. You know, it seems like that Junior Heavyweight Championship, they've been kind of been playing hectate with it. Um, you know, and I kind of felt like Desperado was doing a really good job as champion. He was having really great matches, like a high performance level matches, every time he defended it. And, you know, it made sense that he, you built him up even more so in, in a prime position to have that return match against Hiromu. And, you know, obviously have him drop it back to Hiromu. Maybe actually let him have more of a run. Let him go to Wrestle Kingdom. And give him a, maybe a monster run with a championship that hasn't been consistent with its champions at this point. It feels like Robbie Eagles right now is, uh, you know, he's going to wrestle Hiromu on, um, in September, next time they go to uh, Tokyo Dome. Uh, it seems like he's just basic, he's basically just the placeholder until they give it back to Hiromu at this point. Am I wrong, Bill Coleco? I, I get your point there, but if they hadn't have did that, that story was already played out when Hiromu broke his neck and then they had a formidable champion and then he came back and beat him. So that's why I, I could see them changing it a bit in, in, in the sense. So that's why. And plus, at, at best, it could give, let's say Eagles gets the belt, he loses it to to Hiromu, it sets up Desperado Hiromu too. So I, I think that's the one thing I like about New Japan is that like usually they don't go back to the same match back to back. They let that shit linger. So that way you want to see it again. And that to me is is probably their best strength. That it always circles back eventually but it's not like WWE in the sense that, oh my god, we're seeing R-Truth and this guy for the 88th time. Like, that guy. That that thing. Sure. Uh, you, Drew? Totally agree with that, because New Japan, that's one of their strengths, is that they don't go back to the rematch. Well, too many times in WWE, it's the Sunday night's main event, and then it's the main event on Raw, a rematch from last night. So now you paid for Peacock to see this match, and now you get it for free on USA Network. Like with with what New Japan does, which is brilliant strategy, is that okay? These two have faced each other, say this weekend. You're not going to see that match probably until maybe a G1 climax or down the road. You know, like if. That person that lost can go back and rebuild themselves in a G1 or in in another capacity and then get pushed back to that title picture. Instead of this, let's do the rematch 84 billion times where fans get burnt out and don't want to see it anymore. Next match, Kazuchika Okada defeated Jeff Cobb in 19 minutes and uh, 
23 seconds by pinfall. Um, Next. <laughs> moving on. Move it up. Got to keep it moving up. Keep it moving up. IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. Uh, Zach Sabre uh, Jr. and Tai Chi, uh, Dangerous Techers, uh, defeated Tachi and Naito and Sonata. Um, and 37 minutes and 56 seconds with a European clutch. Um, this is the third time Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. are tag team champions. Um, obviously defeating the champions Naito and Sonata who just won them maybe less than a month ago. Yes. That's kind of, this is, goes back to my, you know, um, Desperado, Robbie Eagles, Hot Potato scenario. That, you know, you just gave these guys the belts and now you're putting them back on the original champions. Delico? You know what? Every squash match or any match where a guy comes up and then they get their ass beat in the end, I'm just going to start calling it the Sonata Slaughter, yo. <laughs> Because I swear that dude is just like, I'm surprised he hasn't left by now. They just set this dude up to be taking some L's, yo. Like, L's. Like, I can see Naito losing. He's protected. He's the, he's, he's done accomplished so much. But Sonata, man, I'd be like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Because <laughs> he's just been set up to slaughter so many times. It makes no sense. But they're doing them dirty? They did, boy, they've been doing them dirty for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not a quarterfinals G, uh, uh, New Japan Cup. Okada slaughter. Oh, yeah. Uh, finals G1 Cup slaughter. Oh, yeah, you get the title shot slaughter. Like, this is not a slaughter, yo. It's slaughterhouse. You just, the Sonata set up for slaughter. Just <laughs> Yo, this match was 15 minutes too long. It was 15 minutes too long. It didn't need to go that long. And yeah, Sonata's been jobbed out ever since he came back from Impact Wrestling. It's it just, I feel bad for the guy, but... It's it's the same thing we've been saying about some other guys on all over the place in the world of wrestling. Are the, is the company going to pull the trigger on them, or is this where the company thinks they should be? But the match was a little too long for my liking. It sounds like we need to have Hangman Page versus Sonata, and one of them, whoever wins that match, will get an official push from their company, and the other one goes back into obscurity. Sound good? You mean you mean loser leaves wrestling? Basically, because it seems like Hangman Page is in the same position. Um, and that brings us to our last match. Uh, this was originally supposed to be uh, Shingo Takagi versus um, uh, Kota Ibushi. Uh, Kota Ibushi got uh, sick and was replaced by Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, before we get into Tana and Shingo, uh, how badly does that hurt 
the main event to have, you know, have this build up and then not being able to level. And what does that speak to this championship that they've only had like a handful of these title matches and maybe two of them have actually gone right? Uh, Kaliko. <laughs> I remember when Okada, Okada said that there's a bad juju on that belt. I swear to God, if if there were ever an a opportunity where I would believe it, it would be now. But, I mean, the substitution is Tanahashi, who's the John Cena of New Japan. So it it, it gives Takage the win to solidify that he's he's a solid champion, right? So he didn't get the win in the sense of the story arc, but he got the win over a bona fide legend to show, hey, th- this guy is for real. Um, that would be the one caveat to it, but I I don't know, man. This belt's been what like six months old and. It's just been some hell with that thing. That thing been through hell in six months. I thought the civil rights movement was bad. Now this belt going through yeah. it, homie. And um, you know, Tana did beat Shingo for the Never Openweight Championship. So there was a story for that. Uh, there was a story between them. Unfortunately, we never really got to see it unfold because. It just was kind of like a last-minute thing. Uh, Drew? The match itself, highly recommend this match if you want to tune into this particular show. Like I said before, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship and this championship match, highly recommend that you tune in for the match quality. But I feel like this, and I'm going to bring, I'm gonna bring my my Jamaican culture into this, there is a bag of crosses on this IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, which means that, like what Coleco is saying, Okada said that there's some bad juju. Oh, hell yes, there's some bad juju. It's like ever since they announced this title and put it on Kota Ibushi, what could go wrong has gone wrong 190%. We have, we have, it's, it's a witch doctor, which we call Obiaman in Jamaica. They need to go get their money refunded from the Obiaman that they use because they put a bag of crosses on this belt. I don't know what you can do to refurbish this thing. I don't know what, who you can put it on. I don't know anything you can do right now because it just feels like anybody you put this belt on, they're destined to not look good. And the championship just look weaker and weaker and weaker. And yes, Tanahashi is a legend and he is the John Cena of New Japan Pro Wrestling, but, and it helps that he was a last minute replacement, which, whew, thank God it was him. But again, how does this help Shingo Takagi going forward with any other challengers plus any other new stars that they want to build going forward with this belt that has so much bad energy that it might need to go into a soft bath to get rid of it? And uh, just to show everybody is aware, Shingo Takage won the match uh, in 37 minutes and 26 seconds with Last of the Dragon. Um, you you said that it makes the 
the champion look bad. Shingo is the current champion, and he's probably standing on one leg when it comes to this championship because it had so much, uh, as we've been calling it, bad juju. Um, does that hurt Takage, or does it, in the eyes of the company, kind of make him look a little bit stronger that he's able to, um, you know, overcome this adversity to a degree, Drew? In the eyes of the company, it makes him seem stronger because he has to go through this adversity being the holder of this title. But we always heard this saying, and Ric Flair always used to say it, the man doesn't make the title, the title makes the man. I, I, I'm probably paraphrasing wrong. But it just feels like you reintroduce this belt or you re, you introduce this belt and is the belt getting over and is the champion getting over? And the champion is getting over because he has to go through all this adversity, which tells a great story and it's kind of a reminiscent of what real sports is because sometimes especially with fighting you could go in the fight week and be like hey i know i'm supposed to be going up against this guy in the main event and then look what happened with cormier and john jones a few years back cormier is at fight week ready to fight john jones and then 48 hours before the main event he's told hey john jones effed up and you can't and he can't fight you like so in the eyes of the company for shingo to be in this position that, okay, he was supposed to fight Ibushi. They're going to have a great story. They're going to have a great match. And then Ibushi gets hit with um, a crazy bout of pneumonia because I was reading about it. And it's like if you don't swallow your food and you and you suck down your food in a certain way, you can end up blocking your airwaves. It's, it's crazy. So kudos to Shingo for doing it. The company... I think has faith in him for to to say, okay, we're not going to strip you of the belt. We're not going to take the belt off of you. We're going to run with you. It's more kudos to him for what he has to do in this adverse adverse time that he's going through. Uh, Kaliko, do you see this world, uh, this IWGP World Championship surviving to the end of the year, or do you see at some point down the line we're going to see uh, a split? If I were them, I'd go to the gods and, and get that bitch split in half. But the one thing that they did with the belt was something that Japan in general, their culture, usually never do, is they fucked with tradition. Right. Because the Japanese are a, a traditional culture, right? So to me, when that that belt got changed downhill, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes back. But to me, if they had a chance to bring it back, it would have been when when Osprey got hurt. I think that was the best chance to bring it back. Because to me, I think they're going to go with it because they're in too deep at this point. Um, so I, I we'll see how it works with the tradition aspect because I, I, I don't feel like the people are buying it because they fucked with tradition. Because with that belt, 
keep in mind, every time they had a title match, they would show every person that held that belt. So it was not just the belt itself. It was the tradition and the history with the belt. And that was just and like that's people. where they what they got rid of. So yeah, they're gonna have a steep ass climb. That's for sure. They rescheduled Kota Bushi, but no, actually no, no. Uh, Evil is will be fighting Shingo for the belt uh, in I believe September fifth. Um, does Evil have enough? Evil Juju to actually come out of this with Scott Street. Nah, man. But I'm, I'm, I want to go back and piggyback what Kalik was saying about tradition. And I think we answered the question on why this belt has bad Juju. It's because the tradition is not there. Like we, we've seen the history of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the who's hold it and the lineage and the and the history and all of that. So when you strip that away and say, we're getting rid of that history, and yes, the Japanese culture is very, very traditional when it comes to their, their history and what they're about, and you erase it, there's where the bad juju comes in because they're not going to believe this title anymore. It doesn't mean anything. It would be like the NBA getting rid of the Larry O'Brien trophy and giving out um, WWE style championship belts if you won the, 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 won the NBA finals or another iconic championship, the Stanley Cup. If some, if the NHL said we're getting rid of the Stanley Cup and we're going to give out, um, bracelets, gold bracelets or silver bracelets, it, the history is gone. Even though we know year after year they removed old names off of the Stanley Cup to add the new ones. We we all know that. But the history behind it, we know who has held it, who's been a part of it, what teams have done this, that, and the third, the legends. And that's what happened with that whole switching of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and merging them. They got rid of that history. But I don't think... I honestly, as a character, I I never believed in evil whatsoever. I think evil in the main event picture is wrong, in a sense, because to me he doesn't play like a main event player. They throw him in the Bullet Club. To me, that hasn't worked. They they they've, they've tried to do so many things with him, and it's just not sticking for me. And to be honest with you, I just think September fifth, Shingo goes over him again, and keep him moving. I think the I think whoever wins the G1 tournament is going to be the next the next guy to be the champion, to be honest with you. I think we're going to ride out this year, go into Wrestle Kingdom, and then start a new when that ends. Uh, all right. Uh, and that's not what – I wasn't asking you, does Evil win against Shingo? I'm asking, does, does weird or stupid shit happen – to evil because the bad juju on this belt does he actually get to get to the match with shingo oh uh man i don't want to wish ill will upon anybody as as um biggie smalls used to say um there's no coming back from certain things so to be honest with you i hope he gets to the match and to be honest do i see him getting to the match i'm it's a 50-50 crapshoot, to be honest with you. If he does, <laughs> great. And if he doesn't, it, it's another an, uh, it's another person that's power to the course. Uh, 
And I totally agree with you on the point of, you know, what they're doing with evil isn't working right now. I mean, he couldn't be Yano for the King of Pro Wrestling. He couldn't be freaking Yoshihashi for the six, the never six-man belts. And what are your thoughts on Yoshihashi again, Kaliko? Fuck Yoshihashi. <laughs> so I feel like if you lose the... I feel like if you lose the Yano and Yoshihashi, you're pretty much at like the crossroads of your career. Yes, you you might be worse than Sonata or Hangman Page. <laughs> uh, anything you else you want to add, uh, Kaliko? Let's just hope nothing happens to Shingo, because I feel like every person that's helped that belt has some shit happen to him. So <laughs> that's the. That's the that it ain't evil you need to worry about. It's Shingo you need to worry about. <laughs> and with that, we will conclude our coverage of the New Japan Grand Slam event uh, and this entire episode. Uh, Drew, thank you so much for coming on and doing this with us once again. You love me. I know you love me. Of course I we love you. Me. Yeah, because he, cause he agrees with my point. That's why. we been <laughs> fucking That's sick. the only reason why I'm here, because I, you, I agree with you. I'm not going to agree no, with no, you. No, 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 no. I ain't agreeing with you no more. I ain't putting you over no more. I've jobbed out too many times to Coleco. Oh, no. I've jobbed to Coleco too many times. Now I need a win. I need some money. <laughs> I need to go to the pay window now. I, I, I'll give you the finger posted. You know what? You can you can put me through the Sonata Slaughter. Since you put me through <laughs> so much, the Sonata Slaughter is, ju- is just for you. I'll go through it just for you. All right. Put yourself over to feed your family. Where can we find Drew, the Grateful Yardy Podcast, all that good stuff? Okay, you can find the Grateful Yardy Podcast on anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, now on Spotify, and wherever else. Your podcast, you can find your boy Drew on social media, Twitter that is D Wrestling ninety nine on Instagram Drew underscore Wrestling ninety nine, and if you want to check out the Facebook page, that's facebook.com slash the Grateful Yardy and Grateful is spelled G R the number eight F U L. And if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, comment, both on YouTube and CastBox. Um, of course, this episode was sponsored by Rogue Energy. Use promo code WRESTLINGWITHE for 10% off your next purchase. They even add some new flavors, uh, orange vanilla. So you want to go and taste that as well. Use the promo code, you'll get 10% off. Um, if you want to follow... Everything Wrestling with Entertainment. You can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling with E for all your wrestling with entertainment needs. Follow us individually as well. I am at JamesJ993. Where can they find Coleco? You can find me blaming Adam Cole at I am Coleco. Of course, you can find Scooter Dust at uh, Scooter Dust um, and on the remix. And uh, the Smoking Dragons Twitch stream. Uh, join us this Wednesday as well as we interview Calvin Couture and what should be a great interview. 
Until then, for a special guest, Drew, Coleco Yacht, Scooter Dust, I'm James J, and this has been Wrestling with Entertainment. Hey folks, this is the Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling with Entertainment. Enjoy the show, support these guys, we appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.